Welcome to the Revelation Project Podcast. I'm Monica Rogers. And I'm Andrea Willits. Together, we're disrupting the trance of unworthiness and guiding women to reveal the truth of who we are. We say that life is a revelation project, and what gets revealed gets healed. Self-loathing is its own special kind of trauma. Join us in this episode as I recall a story of finding self-forgiveness in the most unlikely of places. Forgiveness. Self-forgiveness. I had shared, you know, that personal story about my own journey with some self-forgiving. Today, we're going to get into Monica's Pandora box of... (laughs) (laughs) You sound really excited. Well, uh, this is a a beautiful story. And so I, I I am excited about it. And of course, always curious about what gets revealed. Uh, yeah. Okay, good. Because that's a setup. I'm sure I'll be able to re- repeat this story. <laughs> I'm hoping. <laughs> um, so yeah, on the subject of self-forgiveness, it's it's been an interesting journey, right? Like I, self-forgiveness does not happen all at once. In fact, the story that I'm about to tell is really, is really like starts in the realm of feeling pretty uh, in tune with myself, right? Like almost like, hey, I'm in a groove, right? Like feeling really like I've hit this plateau, right? Connected to self, right? Yeah, like feeling you're really connected to myself. And your truth. Yeah, my truth, like um, feeling like I've overcome some major uh, hurdles and feeling just aligned, right? Yeah. With, with myself. And well, what comes up is you're walking your goddess talk. Well, what's so funny <laughs> is that that's such a setup. <laughs> it's like looking good, feeling good. It's like, and I feel like sometimes the universe is like, not so fast. That's right. Sister. Right. Right. Yeah. Let's, get, let's get a little humble pie. Let's get real. Yeah. Um, so, and I say that with love as if like lightning's going to strike. Just kidding. She's um, literally looking up to the sky <laughs> with those sparkly baby blue eyes going, please don't hit me. Please don't hit me. Right. Like, so I really do relate, relate to life now playfully. I do. I just, a, a, until I'm not relating playfully and then I'm on the floor in fetal position. But This particular event that happened, um, I had been feeling really good, you know, like very, um, like I said, aligned, feeling, you know, feeling it. (laughs) I'm feeling it. Oh my God. Okay, we got that piece. Okay, I'm done with that. But but this is it's like the it's like the the pride before the fall. Yeah. Okay. And I'd love that you just keep like it's like a like, wall. I was feeling so proud right, of myself. Exactly. That you keep trying like get that retaining wall back in place or a dribble castle that keeps starting to, <laughs> to slide on one side. It's like yeah. Oh, yeah. keep it intact. No, right. no. As, as long as as long as I build up this piece, you guys will totally get the fall. Um. <laughs> So, so part of my, 
part of my moving and grooving in my life is is sometimes this feeling of looking at my children and feeling a sense of just deep gratitude and pride that I have not that I have managed to break some real generational wounds and mm-hmm. habits and mm-hmm. that has been hard work like right? break the cycle of break that, the cycle right? generation to generation yes absolutely and just really have my own childhood and my own experiences really inform how I wanted to be as a parent and that's not a slight on my parents because I know that I got the exact parents that were perfect for me and that my children you know, no matter what, what I do, I'm sure there'll still be a couple of therapy sessions involved. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, let's just be real. Um, so, but, but my, this is, uh, this story is about my daughter. Uh, I have s- several about both my children and kind of accessing self-forgiveness through them. But this particular story was most recent and it was, I had purchased tickets to her favorite singer songwriter. My daughter's uh, a singer. She's an aspiring singer. She's, she's followed this uh, singer songwriter duo who are sisters, Lennon and Macy for years. Yeah. And they're so, I mean, I know them. I know this, this team. Yeah. And they're, they're so sweet. They're so precious. They're so sweet. And they're ridiculously talented as is your daughter, because I have, I have witnessed her, um, she's wildly talented. So anyway, yeah, she's so like, she's really emulated, you yeah. know, this kind of vocal, uh, you know, kind of, uh, she, ha- she has a real, I guess her own kind of thing to her voice, right? Yeah. That just really this is, affected. I love it. It's yeah. Like she's got her this, own style. Yeah. So this, one of the duo had turned 18 recently and was going out on her own without her sister. And so here she is now 18 years old and she's out there more on the pop scene and she released an album and we were listening to her music and one of Manon's, you know, uh, one of the girls who used to sing with her when she was younger, who was older, you know, an older kind of mentor to her sent me, you know, did you know that Stella is going to be in Boston and she's doing these small shows. If you got a chance to buy tickets, I know that she's Manon's favorite. And so I immediately bought four tickets and they were, you know, not inexpensive, but I was thrilled to purchase the tickets and thought that I was like the coolest mom. Like what you know, anybody out there who's got a kid that just knows that they're nailing it because like, you right. know that your kid is going to be so psyched and just think yes. you're the best. And I bought an extra ticket for her best friend. And so I kind of presented this idea in this moment. I kind of waited for the perfect moment and then sprung it on her that I had bought tickets. I kind of waited for her to be like, you know, mom, she's playing in Boston. And I'm like, you know, I bought you tickets and she <laughs> was like, so what, you know, she was just like oh, yeah. on the, on the, on the moon. She was yeah. so like, couldn't believe it. Like disbelief. I'm like, yeah, you know, your mom's pretty cool. You know, right. like, I was feeling my swagger. Like, yeah. and, and, you know, Austin's looking at me like, God, you know, like she just, you just made her life, yeah. you know? And I'm like, yeah, yeah I did, you know, yeah. <laughs> blowing my, right. you know, right. blowing right. my nails and polishing them on my shirt. 
And so the, the day came and right, right beforehand, she starts getting really amped up. Like that's when she starts needing details. Like what time are we getting? Cause she wants, she's very much an organizer, my Virgo, right? She wants to make sure everything is like set up, aligned. And it can sometimes be a little bit like annoying and re- relentless. Cause I'm like, just chill, just chill. It's cool. We're good. You know? And I was kind of like, Austin and I, we've been to hundreds, if not thousands of concerts. Right. You, you know? got this one down. Like, we got this. I'm a rocker. You know, you like, know? I'm totally cool. I'm your cool. <laughs> this is your cool mom who knows what, what's going on. Right. And so we make the drive into Boston. It's an hour and a half to get there. You know, we had seen that there was a pre-show and that they were opening the doors at 730. So we got there right about 7 thinking we'll go next door, grab a bite to eat, you know, and then we'll get there after the pre-show and we'll catch the show. Easy peasy. Easy peasy, right? And she sees all the people lining up, right? Even at seven o'clock. And she's like, well, wait, if that's the line, it was at the Royale in Boston. It was a small theater. She's like, if that's the line, people are lining up now. And again, like took the opportunity to let her know what a pro I was, (laughs) how many shows I had been to. And like, oh boy, you know, this is... (laughs) This is like what we do and everybody gets kind of caught in like this yeah, whole pre-show and then right. they're disappointed and like we just want to get there for yeah, the just show. Just follow right? me. Just yeah, follow Just me. follow the leader, yeah. kid. <laughs> oh, God. Follow the pro. So we have a leisurely dinner and we finish up and we walk next door. There's nobody in line. The bouncer is standing kind of inside the door and I walk in and I heard what sounded like Stella's voice singing and I'm like and the bouncer's like wow thought you'd never get here you know kind of joking with me and I'm like haha but I'm feeling my heart beating a little faster like oh shit like and Manon look Manon looks at me kind of like with uh alarm in her eyes and she says has she started like what what's going on and I'm like no no I'm sure I'm sure she's just getting started why don't you go ahead I'll we'll get our wristbands you know because it was it was kind of a mixed like youth and adult and Mm -hmm. so those who had wristbands could go to the bar so Austin and I'll get our wristbands and we sent them along so they go inside the venue and I knew I could find them no problem because I had been in there before. And so I finished getting my wristband and I'm like, no, seriously, to the bouncer, like seriously. But he wouldn't really answer me straight. I just, whatever, walked in, gave my tickets and I get into the performance. And I'm noticing, I'm looking around me and like the the truth was like Stella was on stage and she's singing and she's like mid song. And I'm thinking this must be the first song and she's midway through and like, okay, thank God we got here. Right. Like let's just settle in for a good show. But then I start looking around and I'm like, are they sweating? Are like the, the teenagers around me sweating? Okay. Like I just, I just was like kind of noticing the vibe and feeling the air, like more like, it's a okay, little, little humid in here. My heart yeah. is pounding right now. Yeah. Listening to this story. Yeah. Right. Because <laughs> what ends up happening next is that she finishes this song that I think is the first song. And she says, thank you so much, Boston. You've been an amazing crowd. And she walks off stage. <gasps> oh, my. So I like I have heard this story, I think, three times now. Right. Yeah. And each time you actually give a little more detail. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, the blow by blow up to that moment. Yeah. It, <laughs> thank you, Boston. Good night. Thank you, Boston. Good night. And wow. she walks off the stage. And and you guys, it was it was like it was like eight fifteen. I Oh my it, gosh. 
gosh. So here's what I want to, here's what I want to explain. Cause like you of, got some of, explaining to do. Oh my God. So, <laughs> so first of all, I look at Austin, I just look at him, at, but I'm having this, like, I'm having this experience in my body that was this desperate need for what was happening to not be true, yeah. to n- have it not be happening. Yeah. Like it was literally like I had this wash of panic come over me to the point where the thoughts that I were th- was thinking were not even remotely realistic. I was I was judging the distance between myself and the stage. Oh my gosh, Monica. <laughs> I was I was assessing the situation to find out how many bouncers I needed to break through wow. in order to get <laughs> to, her. to her and the backstage area so that I could beg her for this not to be true or for her to like allow us to come backstage or whatever it was. But like I'm having these other simultaneously thoughts like where can I hide where can I run I like I was I think that I was literally at some point I was so focused on the a point on the floor as if a trap door was going to somehow yeah open up so that I could be rescued from this situation oh my gosh and all of these people start leaving the venue oh and I'm standing there in shock and I look at Austin. I'm like, please tell me this is not happening. Please tell me this is not happening. Please tell me this is not happening. And he, his name is Austin White. And he was turning white, like literally. Was he? I'm like, curious as, about. As I'm looking at him and I could only imagine what was happening to me. And by the way, I must insert here just to really like make the story even juicier this is a guy that can rescue anyone from anything, has everything handled like at all times, at all times. So for Austin to be turning white. Yeah. Right. He, yeah. Yeah. I can't even speak to it. Yeah. And I can't even imagine what he was thinking or feeling because I was so in my own stuff. Oh yeah. But then I, then I looked toward the bar because I, I, I just thought, shots for all my friends right like just immediate like like bourbon for everyone for all my friends like tequila shots whatever like any like I was so going through all of the escape routes that I had available to me and as I'm standing there I see my daughter in the distance with her friend she's laughing and hanging out and like they're kind of in and you mean suddenly, she's oblivious? She doesn't even know yet? And suddenly it dawns on me that she actually doesn't know what's going on. <gasps> she doesn't know that it's over yet. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, yeah. So Austin's like, what What are we going to do? And I'm like, you need to go out in the lobby and just wait. Just wait. I'm going to go over to her and I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. And so he leaves. That was incredibly brave of you in that moment because I think my urge would have been, I'm going to go out in the lobby and wait and you're going to be the messenger that's going to get shot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, wow. Wow. So that was very brave. I just have to acknowledge you right now. Well, so here's what else was going on is I had this moment where I really did realize 
that something in my body and in my being in my at a cellular level was on such high alert and I had not felt this way in a while but it was a very very old and familiar feeling uh-huh. and and what I identified was it was the feeling of fight or flight in such the adrenaline in my body was so high and I and, and and up until that moment, and even through that moment, I was looking for an escape route. Like what came through was I had so effed up, was feeling such a tremendous amount, all at the same time of shame, mm. self-recrimination. Mm-hmm. I was like, you f- fudging idiot. Mm-hmm. Like, what were you I think you thinking? can say fucking right now. Yeah. I mean, can we say fucking well, in we'll the find podcast, out. by we, the way? We will find out. I love how you're just going to poke the bear. I am going to yeah. poke it because, sister, that is a fucking moment right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. So, I, I, so here's what happened next. So, I, I walk over to her. I, she kind of like, she's still kind of mid laughing and smiling with her friend. And she looks at me and like her face falls. You know how people say your face falls? And I'm yeah. like, that's such a funny expression. But, but it's, there's no other better I actually expression. I've seen it. I know exactly for what you're when talking. it happens. Yes. And she was kind of just cluing in. Like she must have kind of been looking around her, knowing people were kind of leaving, but thinking or convincing herself like her mom has this handled, you know? She said it right over and over a hundred times. (laughs) There's the old blowing on the nails and polishing them on the chest. Oh my God. Oh shit. Yeah. So her face falls and she's like, it's over. No mom. What? Like she just, it was like, she was literally processing processing out loud. And her friend was standing right there. Her best friend. And it's like, and, and she's like, mom, are you kidding me? And I'm like, I know I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. And she's like, I can't. And I'm like, there's nothing you can say to me that could make me feel worse than I possibly feel at this moment. I am so sorry. Like literally I, I, I did consider prostrating myself on the floor in front of her at that moment I and be- begging I, I believe you I, I like that's how desperately I was just trying to and 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 just to not go to that place where I was like oh calm down it's no big deal right also wanting to deflect because there's no way I could have. I knew what a big deal it was. I knew yeah. how I had behaved. Yeah. I knew what this meant to her. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. And I and I knew how badly, how reckless in with such a big decision, such a big purchase on my part to have not gotten the details. Okay. And everybody out there who's wondering what the details were was that this was a very young performer with a very small set of very, you know, she had like five songs, you guys. So like, how long does it take to perform those songs? Like, I didn't know those details. Of course. She's not my person. She's my daughter's person, right? But here's the other thing is like a pre-show. I guess the pre-show was like 15 minutes. Yeah. 
it wasn't your typical yeah. show. Yeah, it was literally and, a couple of songs, right? right? Yeah, and like it, it just, oh, and I and I didn't know any of this, and it didn't matter that I didn't know any of this. All I did know was that I had severely screwed this up, and so again, like I'm not in my body yet. Right. No. I'm, I, I am not in my body. I have left my body. I'm still in a state of full on self-loathing. Yeah. I have abandoned myself somewhere in that concert, probably near the bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Right. I, like, yes. like my ghost is over there drinking bourbon. I'm yes. not sure. Yes. But I continue to file out with the rest of the people and my daughter kind of bless her heart walks ahead of me because she can't even look at me at this moment and I don't blame her so we we stand in the lobby for a minute waiting for her to kind of collect herself I was giving her some time with her friend to just kind of like I guess collect herself and come back to us because we had to then go to the car and as she comes back to us they do a call for like last call for t-shirts and sweatshirts and I'm like do you guys want a, a sweatshirt or a t-shirt? And they're both like, no. And they're both like kind of looking at the floor. I'm like, you guys, please, please let me buy you a sweatshirt or a t-shirt. Please, like, please let me do something to make this up to you. Like, I owe you, please, please. And and so they allowed, you know, they, they were like... They acquiesced. They acquiesced. Right? But mm-hmm. it was definitely for me at that point, you know, it wasn't for them. It's like, toss me a bone. I I what I think because I literally said, so toss suffering. me a bone. Please help me. Like, just alleviate my suffering. And, and I knew it was about me. And they knew it was about me. And so I got in line and I waited there and I got them each a sweatshirt, which was like $50 each. And it was like, I was prob- <laughs> you probably... You would have paid I probably would have paid a thousand each. Right? I was Take just my like, blood, oh anything. My I so get it. I really do. Right. Oh. So, so here's what happened next, which is when the story gets really interesting. I think. So I had this visceral reaction of not remembering from that moment in paying for the sweatshirts to actually crossing the street. Like I I can't really remember anything because that's how out of my body I was in my own state of shock because that's what it was it was like a shock it was a shock it was a shock to your system quite frankly and 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 so here's what I was also realizing is that self-loathing and that state that we can escalate to into the self-loathing can actually be so intense and the abuse so intense that there is actually like a, a a trauma associated with it absolutely there's a trauma, yes. like we traumatize ourselves. Yeah. So, so I want to, <clears throat> I want to just point out here is that the, the container for this story is about a concert that didn't get witnessed, that where your daughter didn't get to see her favorite, like, right. Favorite of all time. Favorite of all time musicians. And so from a very physical world, right? In a practical world, it's like boo-hoo. She didn't get to see it. Wham. No, no. This is actually so much deeper because it's just the container. It's actually what's happening in the layers. And that's where I really... This had so much meaning for both of us. Right? Yes. So I just want to preface this next piece because it really is so profound. And it is around trauma. Well... Right. And so I was having this dialogue where I was almost like calling myself back in 
to my own body. It was the strangest experience. It was literally like the me that was still inside of me was like, come on back, Monica, come on back. You can do this. You can do this. And it was, it was fascinating because it was like, stop numbing out just because you were in flight at that point. I was in flight. Mm -hmm. It was like, I was out of my body. Yeah. And I was, the adrenaline was pumping and there was this part of me that knew that there was an opportunity here to just be with what was. And my insight in that moment was, wow, I have spent my whole entire life trying to not fuck up to that magnitude. Okay, there it is. There it is. That's the most raw place, right? Of that story, it's about that. Yeah. That's this container. Yeah. That every is holding that. That every way that I have structured my life has carefully been constructed to not end up in a situation where I have egg on my face to that magnitude and deeply disappoint and disgust the people that I love. There you go. That's the trauma. And there I was with egg all over my face. And I had seen the disgust on my daughter's face. And it was your daughter who you were so excited about loving up, by the way. And I saw the right? disgust on her friend's face, too. Oh, man. And it and don't get me wrong, because they're going to hear these and they're going to be like, we weren't feeling disgust. No, but you know but what I mean? Like, no, but that's actually, it's important. It's just, it's that disappointment. But Maybe no, it's not. But it's your, what you. It's what I was feeling. We're experiencing yes. was the disgust. It's because their perspective it's is like, going to be oh, different. Are we don't you even, serious? Right. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it was like, it was like re recognizing in that moment how hard I had worked mm -hmm. to not have something like this happen and that the emotional labor that goes in to not screwing up to avoiding feeling my feelings avoiding feeling any anything close to feeling like that right because that's never going to be a place that we want to go I call and, it the emotional it's the emotional contortionist yeah. It's a lot of freaking work, right? It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And so as I'm crossing the street, it literally was like crossing back over to myself. Mm. It was it was fascinating because then as I'm standing there in the parking garage, we were waiting for a car to back out. I just allowed what I felt to register and I wasn't crying yet but I felt so small and so alone and I could feel how small and alone I felt versus numb you guys yeah right because no, where cause I normally go feeling. is numb and and the and the numbness is also while I am beating myself up but this time I wasn't beating myself up I was just I was literally it was like I was also able to be an outside observer and feel how small and mm. insignificant and the magnitude of the of the disappointment right of 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 my disappointment of my husband's disappointment of my daughter and her friend's disappointment 
And as I'm standing there in that moment, suddenly my daughter bursts over to me and gathers me into her arms and she pulls me close to her and she says, mommy, it is okay. It's okay, mama. You didn't mean it. I understand. It's just a concert. It's just a concert, mommy. It's okay. I love you, mommy. I love you, mommy. And she's consoling me as I now am starting to weep. And she just is holding me and she's rocking me. You guys, it was like, I just let it. I just let her. I let it all happen. And I didn't push her away. I didn't try to maintain any sort of dignity, right? It wasn't, it wasn't even actually that was the dignity in that moment. It was like allowing her to console me in that moment was the most precious gift I probably could have given either of us. What was the gift? The gift was allowing her and I, and I also felt such pride in that moment for who she is, for who she is as a human being. The gift was that. It was recognizing that I could be broken and imperfect and small and have disappointed and to still be worthy of love and belonging. In there that it moment. is. I mean, I think that, I mean, this is why I love this story so much is because in that moment is where we all belong. We all belong in that moment. And 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 to see her compassion for me. Yeah. Right, because she, at some point she stopped. See, here's the here's the thing I also recognized. I allowed her to have her feelings and she allowed her to have her feelings. Yeah. She I allowed her to have all of her disappointment and all of her I know. I mean, I really love Monica that you didn't go to that that place that urge as parents. I'm sure every parent out there can relate to. Well, it's just a concert. Like we want, like calm we want down. It, we already want to put the lesson in place, right? Which doesn't allow them to have their feelings of disappointment. Mm -mm. Like honestly, well, it, and it, it minimizes and it invalidates and it does so much more harm. So true. I mean, honestly, and it's not fooling. We're not fooling anybody when we do it. We're just not. We we're, think we are. No, we think we're we're trying to protect ourselves from our own devastation. Right. And disappointment. From our, from our and then we right? still go into that state of self loathing. It's like, no, not yet. Like we don't get to go there. I just I really, really respect you for that. <laughs> well, thank you. It's not it's this obviously as you can tell was not an orchestrated moment. I do feel, you know, it's like that quote from Anne Lamont about grace. God, I love her. <laughs> Right. I, I will probably butcher this quote, but it's something about grace does not leave you where it finds you. Right. And, and it was a moment of pure grace. It's like it met me in this moment. Mm -hmm. It was like an opening and it didn't it didn't leave me where it found me, you yeah, know, so and it, great. it found me in a state of shame and put me in a state of healing. And so what happened after this moment was that she kind of you know, soothe me for that next minute. And then it was time to get in the car. And so I got in the front seat 
And here's where it even got more interesting. Because then the tears really started to fall for me. Okay. And she, she by this time, she's, she's complete. Yeah, right? she's kind of moving she's on. She's moving on. Kids she's are in the so back seat. Resilient. She's in the back seat, and her friend and she are talking about texting someone. Right? It's another, just like they're in the they're next like, moment. They're in the next moment. Like it yeah. was done. It's not. They weren't going to sit in the back seat, seeped in silent disappointment the whole ride home. The ride of shame <laughs> back home. Right? They were like. Our work is done here, oh right? Oh my gosh. Now me, I was just getting started. Oh, I love it. Oh right? my gosh. I was just getting started, you guys. So <laughs> so I'm sitting in the front seat and now I am feeling it all. I'm feeling all of the gumption, you know, and the the I was thinking about all of what led up to it and how I just was just feeling and so proud of myself for having secured the tickets and yeah. being such a cool mom yeah. and like I yeah. just yeah. got this and yeah. you know and just the anticipation the and the anticipation and then and then reliving that moment good night Boston over and over like Marsha with the friggin Brady Bunch like oh my nose oh my I nose remember that it's like episode I do <laughs> Good night, Boston. Over and over. Good night, Boston. I was like, please, no more. Right. But to go back to the seriousness of it, I was I in that moment, you guys, of sitting there in the hot mess of my humanity, in the hot, snotty mess of my humanity. Which is self-loathing, by the way. Bawling. Well, I was no longer in a state of loathing, but where I was was feeling it all. Okay. You know, and what I wasn't doing anymore, I had stopped stopped self-loathing when I crossed the street. That's right. I had stopped, and I was clear about that. Yeah. Where I was was in a state of feeling it because the shock was melting away. Where was the feeling taking you though, Monica? Well, here's what was going on, you guys, is that I started it was so interesting cuz what was happening was also very quiet in a way. It was like I just kept tears just kept coming down my face. I cried the entire way home, but not loudly. Very <laughs> It wasn't like I was sobbing. It's just like tears would not stop falling because what was happening was I started triggering a cascade of memories Mm. and they were like ghosts. They were like ghosts and they were coming to me in that moment because they knew that I was in a state of self-forgiveness and what I was actually doing was starting to recognize, my God, look how much you cared. Oh. I was acknowledging myself in that moment. Good night, Boston. Look how much you cared that you went into that much shock. Look how how much you wanted to flee because you so wanted to please. And you so wanted the night to be perfect. Mm-hmm. How precious is that? How huge is your heart? And it was like, oh my God. Talk about a shift. Oh my God. Right? It was like I was seeing how I was instead of seeing all of the ways I had failed, what I was seeing was all of the ways in which I hold such love and I, I'm so aware. I'm so aware. I'm so aware of that that was exactly what she wanted and that I would be filling her heart's desire. 
and that I would be so savvy to have secured the tickets and thought of the best friend, right? Like made it so special. And for me to recognize that about myself in that moment was such an act of self-love and self-forgiveness. And it was like, suddenly, that's all I could see, you see. And I started, and there must have been some kind of opening because every memory of every place I had not forgiven myself literally started to come like ghosts, like ghosts into my consciousness as if that state of being of self-forgiveness was a blessed place for me to bless those ghosts and send them on their way. They had been waiting all that time for that opening to release me. And it, it still gives me goosebumps. I have goosebumps. Because all the way home, all I did is I sat there with tears, was watch myself at every age that I had abandoned myself in a state of self-loathing with all of the abuse. And all I did was collect the pieces of myself I had abandoned along the way. And it was literally like this retrieval, like this soul retrieval. It's that reckoning. Yes. It's a deep, soulful reckoning. Yeah. And, and, And it was fascinating because I loved who my family and the best friend who's part of our family was like on the way home. All my husband kept doing was every so often passing me a tissue. Nobody tried to fix it. That's Nobody a, tried to save me. That's, that's, that's a just, very loving way too, isn't it? It was so loving, you guys. And, and in the back seat, about every 15 minutes, which would have been approximately five times, <laughs> my daughter would say, you okay, mom? You, you got this, mom. I love you, mom. And the other, the other one, the best friend would say, we love you, mamaka, because they call me mamaka. I love the mamaka. Kids. Yeah. We I love, love you, that. mamaka. And I, and I said, it's okay. And the, the only other thing I had said early on to the ride was my sis, my, um, my daughter had said, are you still crying, mom? It's okay, really. And I said, man, and you don't need to rescue me. You, it's okay. I'm actually, this is big for me and I need to just feel my feelings. And she she knew what that meant. And she just let me do what I needed to do. And then when I got home, I ran myself a big, fat, nice bath. And I got into the bathtub and I texted her as one does, you know, now that we're <laughs> back across home. the house. Yeah. Now that we're across another. the house from one another and, and in my kind of more settled, peaceful place, I just sent her this text and I just acknowledged her for who she was and just said, you know, you you showed me such a deep level of compassion and maturity and love. You know, I know I screwed up and you were magnificent in the face of my screw up. And I just want to know how I want you to know how graceful and how proud, you know, I am of you. How oh graceful my God, you were. Oh my God, what a gift. What yeah. a gift to yourself and what a gift to her. Again, you know, it's like, that capacity to be in your own human mess, oh. right? No, but truly, I think what I'm hearing about your story um, this time around, because I always get something from this story. I love it so much. I love your suffering, Monica. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about that. We talk about how we, 
witness each other in our suffering and, and what a gift it is. It's this twisted love. But honestly, is that the difference is, is that in where you were in your suffering and the way that you stayed with yourself actually enabled those around you to also stay to stay with me. and to shine in yeah. their non defensive ways or need to rescue like everyone was in such harmony in that upset yeah it, and it could have gone a very different direction it, it it's it's at that very tenuous right like vulnerable eye of the storm things could go awry but because you actually stayed yeah in the mess and you're in such integrity with yes. it even yes. in the right the that implosion of fight flight like you were implosion is such a good word right you were so tracking yourself also empowered the others to stay yeah it's 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 really truly just what a gift for everyone yeah especially for me because you know all of that healing that happened in that hour and a half on a way home on the way home I had not remembered those memories you know, they had been kind of deeply kind of suppressed. And I didn't know that self-forgiveness also creates this almost like a portal, you know, to, to retrieving places or pieces of our, of ourselves. And, yeah. and so again, there's something about, you know, unlearning what what I have learned in this lifetime about how don't stir up the mud or don't rock the boat or fake it till you make it or right all of these things that we've been taught that don't have integrity aren't true diffuse all about diffusing any discomfort instead of just being with what is what's true being with what's true, that that's where the magic is. Yeah. And truth can be messy and ugly and just so, I, I just, there've been so many, so many opportunities for me to see now that truth can look like a whole different arc of reality. Well, truth, when we're afraid of it, can start out as the ugly. Yes. The scary. Yeah. But actually, the moment we cross the threshold to truth, that's actually the sunny side of life. Well, and I and I want to say that the truth is always like, yes, that is the other thing we learned. The truth will always set you free, which is really interesting, right? Because now I'm, I'm realizing that there are actually some adages in there that are very helpful. And that one is very true for me. It is. But, but it's almost like we're, we're not taught how to be in integrity with ourselves and how to feel our feelings because we're because we're so busy wanting to have things look perfect and be handled and sometimes the only way we can handle them 
is by actually allowing the big implosion, the big mess to happen. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, thanks for listening to this, to this beautiful story that I have and that has meant so much to me and has really, again, felt like a deep witnessing from those I love too, right? It's that gift too, as well to those that witnessed me go through it. It's like, we're, we're stronger because of it. We are, we are. And so, you know, the big revelation, I think, you know, and as we're sharing our stories, right, is that there is so much more in soul diving. Like if we dare to stay with ourselves and go to the inside, Mm -hmm. right, that and reveal the thing. It reveal it. It's it's the in it's an inside job before we can take it to the outside. Yeah. Right? That's where forgiveness begins. It is with the internal reckoning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah. More to be revealed. If you're someone who would value an opportunity to work with us in a deeper way, we'd love to offer you an introductory free month into our online monthly membership remembering sisterhood join us there for soul diving live coaching special guests journal prompts tips for living your most authentic life and so much more simply go to our website jointherevelation.com and click on our membership link using the code podcast in the checkout we can't wait to welcome you there we hope you enjoyed this episode For more information, please visit us at jointherevelation.com and be sure to download our free gift, subscribe to our mailing list, or leave us a review on iTunes. We thank you for your generous listening. And as always, more to be revealed.